This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins from my Bible Training Center, Nigeria. You can keep your healing. You don't have to lose it. Now, Revelation 3.11, we saw there where the Bible says, Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man shall take thy crown. Revelation 2.25, Hold fast that which you have already. Amen. Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So it's our responsibility to stand firm in the liberty that we have, any kind of liberty, praise God, which will include healing. It's our responsibility to hold on to our healing, to keep what we have received. It's our responsibility. Amen. We can keep it. Now, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew 12, from verse 43 to 45. Matthew 12, 43 to 45. Jesus said that when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'll go back to the house where, to my house. Well, it's not his house. To my house where I came from. And when he's come to it, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. And he goes to bring seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Now, that's a principle. Amen. The devil hates to lose ground. Any ground he looks, he will try to recapture. Whether it's demons, someone being delivered of demons, or someone being delivered from sickness, you know, being healed of sickness, the devil will want to put it back. And notice that place says that when he, the, the devil got back, he found the place, it was swept, which was good. It was garnished, well decorated, which was good. But there was one that wasn't good. It was empty. It was empty. And then he says, I'll go to bring seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And then the last state of the man will be worse than the first. See, the devil will always want to steal what you have received. It doesn't mean God didn't do it. God did it. But it's your responsibility to keep it. I was in a meeting once, and then I had a manifestation of the spirit. Knew somebody whose hearing in one of the ears was gone. So I said it, and then the lady lifted up her hand. And then I told the ear to open in the name of Jesus. Popped open instantly. Shut the other one. She could hear through that uh, the other ear that had been deaf. She couldn't hear anything through it. And then she was fine. I met the same lady some time after. And then she said that she had lost the healing. I said, what happened? You know, she said, well, uh, the first thing that happened was that, you know, that she was fine for a while after that. But all of a sudden, one day, the hearing went off in that air for a little bit, for some time, and then it came back. And then it went off again for a longer time, and it came back. Then it went off, and it stayed off, and it's been gone since. I said, listen, I said, the first time your hearing went off in that air, you said to yourself, well, I thought the Lord healed me. I guess he didn't. She looked at me. How did you know I said that? I said, you're bound to have said that. Otherwise, the devil couldn't put it back on you. What you said, in essence, was Satan put it back on me. And he obliged you. Remember in John chapter 5, verse 14. John 5, 14. There was a, a man, the man by the pool of Bethesda. You know, that God healed. Jesus told him, take up that bed and walk. And then the man was healed. They asked him who told him to carry his bed. He said, I don't know him, but the man that healed me. Then later he saw Jesus. Then Jesus said to him in John 5, 14. John 5, 14. Jesus told him, sin no more. 
lest a worse thing come on thee. Now, the part of that that I want to emphasize now is the part that who healed him? Jesus, the son of God, wall to wall, full of the Holy Ghost, without measure. But yet Jesus told him it could come back and it could even be worse. And it wasn't Jesus' fault if it does come back. Do you see that? He said, sin no more, lest the worst thing come on thee. So a worst thing can come on you after Jesus has healed you. And it wouldn't be that Jesus didn't heal you. It wouldn't be that you weren't healed for real. Do we see that? So, healing can be lost. It can be lost. If it can be lost, it can be kept. You don't have to lose it. You can keep it. But it takes, first, you need to understand that the devil will want to steal it from you. P.C. Nelson said this. He said, many people lose their healing over a counter-attack than over any other one thing. After people are healed, it's just like the devil. He will camouflage the symptoms and try to put it back on them. And instead of them rising up and standing against him, they just yield to him. And then it just all of it comes back. And then this time around, it's now more difficult to get them healed. Healing can be lost. You need to know that. But also it can be kept. Now, if we are to keep our healing, how do we keep our healing? I want to leave us with some principles that will let us know how to keep our healing. Amen. Number one, seven principles I'm going to mention that will help us not just keep our healing, but walk in health. Because that's God's will. He wants us healthy. One thing to get sick and get healed and get sick and get healed. But you see, God's best is that we walk in health. Now, of course, we live in a world where the devil is God. The time will never come where any of us will be beyond temptation. Are you listening? Because as long as the devil is here, and we're here in this same world that he's God of, he's going to try to raise up his ugly head at every turn of the road to call you stupid. But you can rise up in faith and call God blessed and put him on the run. Amen. You see, God's best is that we walk in health. Now, once in a while, you might be tempted to be sick. But you can resist the temptation and say, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm staying healthy. Healing is mine. I'm walking in health. That's God's best. So these principles cover that. As well as, after you've received a healing, how do you keep it? Because you can keep it. Number one thing, if you're going to keep your healing, is this. Get established in the word. Get established in the word. Get established in the word. If you don't get established in the word, you're going to have a hard time staying well. Get established in the word. Psalm 119 verse 89. It says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's settled forever, forever. And you see, you need to settle it also in your heart. You need to settle it in your mind. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's word is eternal. It cannot fail. It cannot change. It is not bound. It will set free. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick. Quick there means living. Living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder. Soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, God's word has power in it. It has healing power. It's laden with healing power. Inherent in it. 
Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And they are health to all their flesh. And that word also means medicine. Curative medicine as well as preventive medicine. That's what God's word is. You know like folks get inoculated against some diseases. Yeah we need to get inoculated. Praise God. Against sickness. Against disease. With the word of God. By ingesting that word on a daily basis. Psalm 107 verse 20 says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. See, after receiving your healing, continue to feed on the word of God. Continue to feed on the word of God. P.C. Nelson said this. Brother Higgin, he said it to a bunch of people. Brother Higgin said he heard him when he did. He said this, he said, constantly feed along the lines of faith and healing. Constantly feed along the lines of faith and healing. He said, because the day will come when you will either need faith for your own healing or for the healing of a loved one. And if your faith has not been kept strong in that area, you will be at a disadvantage. Sri Thigglesworth said, if you wait until you need faith and then try to get it, you waited too late. F.F. Bosworth said, most Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day. Their spirits one cold snack a week and then wonder why they are so weak in faith. Listen, continue to feed on God's word. Continue to feed on God's word. Sometimes I go for two years, three years, hardly knowing I have a body from the standpoint of sickness and disease. Almost no symptom. Amen. Yes. Once in a great while, the devil tries to put sickness on me. What do I do? Well, one of the things I do is I double up my dose of the word. His word is medicine. I just double up on my Bible reading. Just double it up. Just double it up. Amen. He says, my words are life to those that find them. They are health, health, health to all their flesh. John 6, 63 says, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, the word of God is anointed. It's given by the spirit of God. Holy men of all spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's given by the Holy Ghost. Inspired of God. Amen. Put that word into your system. Put that word into your system. Attend to it. Give it your undivided attention. Put it first. Everything else out. The word of God in. Incline your ears to his sayings. Listen intently to what he has to say. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep looking at it. Amen. If God's word does not depart from your eyes, you will see yourself well. Keep it in the midst of your heart. You see, there's the ear gate, the eye gate, and there's also the mouth gate. Those gates lead through the human mind to the human heart. Put God's word in your heart. Once that word gets into your spirit, listen to me. It'll drive sickness out of your body. Get established in the word. Continue to feed on the word. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Jesus said, Whoso heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Who built his house upon a rock? Said the floods came. The winds blew. Beat upon the house. It fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Said whoso heard these things of mine and doeth them not. I will liken him 
unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The floods came, the same floods. The winds came, you know, same winds blew upon the house. It fell and great was the fall thereof. You see, it's not the storms of life that defeat us. It's not. If you're established in God's word, if the devil tries to put sickness on you, tell him, no, you don't. No, you don't. I know what the word of God says about you. I know what the word of God says about my healing. If you will know in our spirits that himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. If we'll know in our spirits that by his stripes we're healed. If we'll know in our spirits that surely he has borne our griefs. Literal Hebrew, sicknesses or diseases. Carried our sorrows. Literal Hebrew, pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we're healed. If we'll know these truths in our spirits, like we know in our heads, that 2 plus 2 is 4 and 3 times 3 is 9. Sickness would not be able to attach itself on our bodies. How are we going to get to know God's word like this in our spirits? By continuing to feed upon it. Meditating in it. Thinking upon it. Well, it's good to quote scripture. But I'm not talking about quoting. Nothing wrong with quoting. I've quoted a bunch already today. But I'm talking about letting the meaning of it sink down into our spirits. Letting it dawn on the inside of us. Continue to feed on God's word. Continue to feed on God's word. Build a foundation of that word. The devil tries to put sickness on you. Just laugh at him. You just laugh at him. You just call his bluff. Because you are grounded in the word. You know your rights of redemption. So first, get established in the word. That's number one. You're going to keep your healing. You're going to keep your deliverance. Maybe you got delivered from demon activity. God healed of sickness and disease. You're going to stay healthy. If you are, number one, get established in the word. Get into the Bible. Continue to feed upon the word. Continue to feed upon the word. You see, nobody can maintain a healing that he got through a manifestation of the spirit or through a corporate faith of other believers believing God or through somebody else's faith unless he does something himself. What are the things he needs to do? Number one, get established in the word. Number two, develop a faith life of your own. Develop a faith life of your own. See, don't be a spiritual hitchhiker. You know, always waiting for somebody else to carry them on their faith. Somebody else to carry you on, your prayer, on their prayers. Develop a faith life of your own. Nobody can receive a healing that has come through somebody else's faith or through manifestations of the spirit unless he develops a faith life of his own. Get established in the word of God for yourself. Know your redemptive rights. Know the power in the name of Jesus. Know that by his stripes you're healed. Know what belongs to you. Build a faith life of your own. That's how you're going to keep your healing. You see in Habakkuk 2.4 it says... The just shall live by his faith. I like the way Habakkuk puts it. The just shall live by his faith. In Matthew 9, 29, Jesus told those two blind men, touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. In the final analysis, the extent of your blessings is going to be the extent of your faith. Build a faith life of your own. Develop a faith life of your own. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. The devil will try to bring the symptoms. He will, he will. It's just like him. He's faithful in his ministry. 
When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he goes about seeking rest. He findeth none. And then he says, I will go back to my house. He will always try to come back. But you see, when you are firm, established in God's word, walking in faith yourself, you will call his bluff. Develop a faith life of your own. Develop a faith life of your own. Now, Brother Hagin, he got healed of a heart condition, paralysis, curable blood disease. August the 8th, 1934. Now, after he got healed, one of the doctors on his case said this. He said, that boy has the strongest willpower of anybody I've ever seen. Now, he wasn't up by willpower. He was up by faith power. But this is what that doctor said. He said, well, he's got the strongest willpower of anybody I've ever seen. I give him 90 days at the most to live and he'll be dead. He can't survive it. 90 days max, he'll be dead. And let me tell you something. The devil is a pretty good mathematician. Well, if he is, you can be a better one. <laughs> Amen. Pretty good mathematician. Devil is. He said, he went to school and the lady teachers, because he was 89 pounds, six feet tall, that was like a, a scarecrow. A skinny, like skin over bone. Took him some time to add up some flesh. And then remember, he had been lying down for 16 months. So naturally, he was weak. Principal, MC Smart, called him to the office one day. Said, Kenneth, I know that education is good, but listen, your health comes first. The lady teachers, they, they talked with me, you know, and I spoke with your doctor, Dr. Robertson, and he said, Kenneth doesn't have any business coming to school, you know? said, well, I give him 90 days at the most to leave, he'll be dead. And you know, he was kind enough to tell him what the doctor said. And then listen to what the man said. He said, well, uh, if there's ever any time you feel like there's a class you, you're feeling so weak. You don't want to attend it. Look, don't take permission. I'm giving you permission now ahead of time. If maybe it's getting to the last hour and you're already tired because of your condition and you want to go home, just go home. You want to go rest, you know, just go rest anytime you want. You know, you, want, you need to miss a class, miss it. I'm giving you permission. What the man didn't know is that he made it easy for him to fail. I was trying to kill him. He didn't know. He was trying to do him good. If he ever missed just one class, could have died because that will be him admitting that oh no i'm not up to it i'm feeling weak so he made sure he was in every class didn't miss there was one miss Bessie may history teacher or so you know said kenneth he's so quiet whether he's in class or he's not in class you can hardly know you know so it was easy for him to miss but he couldn't afford that but this is what happened he said the devil will remind him every night how many days he had left out of the 90. And this is where it gets more interesting. Now, the symptoms of the paralysis did not return. The symptoms of the blood disease did not return. But he said the symptoms of the heart problem did return. A few weeks after he got healed, his heart began to not beat right again. He began to feel weak. He began to feel tired. He'll be going down the road. Someone will see him, Kenneth, Kenneth. Does your heart give you any more trouble? You look like you can hardly put one foot in front of the other. I say, well, and then he'll reply, yes, my heart does give me trouble. Yes, I feel some of those symptoms. You know, he'll state the facts. He'll say that. And as he'll say that, he'll get worse. And then he'll say that, he'll get worse. They'll have to get a car, take him home. And then he'll get home, he'll have to lie in bed. He said that continued until he kept getting worse, kept getting worse. Until he was spending more time in bed than out of bed. Then after a while, it looked like he was quarter to becoming bedfast again. 
there was some particular day, 4 a.m., he hadn't slept because of alarming heart symptoms in his chest. Then he asked himself, he told himself something, he said, God never misses it. If it's not working or something is not working, it's not God's fault. It's man's fault. Then he said, I must be missing it somewhere. Where am I missing it? I'm not making my connection somewhere. Now, he didn't know it at the time, but actually, he was unconsciously led by the Spirit of God. He said he went back in his mind and asked himself, what did I do when I got healed? Then he remembered how he began to say, based on Mark eleven twenty four, I believe I receive healing for the heart condition. I believe I receive healing for the blood disease. I believe I receive healing for the paralysis. I believe I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And then within the hour, I was out of the bed healed. Then he said, okay, what have I been saying since then? Then he went back in his mind. Kenneth, Kenneth, how do you feel? Does your heart give you any more trouble? Oh, I'm not feeling too good. Oh, I'm feeling sick. Oh, he said, yes, that's it. That must be where I'm missing it. I've been making the wrong confession. I've been saying the wrong things. Rather than basing his faith on the word of God, he was basing his faith on the testimony of his physical senses. He was walking by sight and not by faith. Remember Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is that speaker like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. He was saying the wrong thing. Hebrews 4, 14, Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Without wavering. For he's faithful that promised. So he hit on this. I said, I know what I'm going to do. Next time someone asks me, how do you feel? Rather than answering them out of my head, based on the testimony of my physical senses, I will answer them out of my heart, based on the word of God. Now, he had noticed also, when they will ask him that, some words will rise up on the inside of him in his spirit. And he'll almost have to bite his tongue to keep from saying them. He said, no, I'm going to speak those words out. Well, about the next day, he was walking down the road. There was this friend of his, Eugene, Eugene Black. Eugene's mom, Mrs. Black, saw him. Beckon on him. Kenneth, come, come, come. It's been a while. You know, how do you feel? Same old question. Does your heart give you any more trouble? You look like I hardly put one foot in front of the other. When she said that, he said on the inside of him, these words came out and he just blotted them out. When the Lord Jesus Christ was here in the flesh, he said in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. I prayed and I believe I received my healing. So I'm well, thank you. That's what he said. That's what he said. That lady looked like someone slapped her in the face with a wet dish rag. She was shocked. She wasn't used to people talking like that. Then he said, well, let me call Eugene upstairs. They had a store downstairs. They lived upstairs. Let me call Eugene upstairs to go get the car and take you home. He said, no, because I believe I received my healing. I'm fine. I'll walk. He said, the truth is this. That lady, her eyes were not deceiving her. She said he looked like he was about to drop dead. He said he didn't only look like it. He felt like it. He said his head told him, you will die today. You will die today. You won't make it to the house. You take one step, you'll drop dead. He felt that way. He looked that way. But no, he was holding fast his confession of faith. He believed it in his heart. He wasn't just saying it without believing. He believed it in his heart. And because he believed it, they acted like it. He said, this is what happened. The longer he walked, the stronger he got. 
the longer he walked, the stronger he got. So by the time he got home, he felt like he could walk another four miles. All the symptoms were gone. Everything was gone. He didn't have to go to bed to rest. He said that incident was a spiritual object lesson that taught him the importance of holding fast our confession of faith. Well, there was another time. He was in Pasadena, Texas. And then the same heart symptoms tried to come back on him. See, the devil is a mean dude. Just know that ahead of time. He will try and try and try and try and try. But tell him, let him try all he dares. Let him try all he cares. He's defeated. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. It was in Pasadena, Texas. He was with the Goodwins doing a meeting for them. In the night time, he said heart symptoms came back. Alarming heart symptoms. So then the devil said to him, this is one time you're not going to get your healing. You know, there's no use going to the doctor. Doctors told you when you were younger that they couldn't help you. Now the symptoms are all bad. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're not, you're not going to get your healing this time. And he felt those symptoms alarming in his chest. He said he pulled the covers, covered his head, and he started laughing. Now, was he laughing in the spirit? He wasn't. He was just laughing in faith. Ha, it was as dry as it gets. Ha, 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 ha. Just as dry as about as that. And he went on. After some time, he said, the devil said to him, So what are you laughing at? He said, I'm laughing at you. So why are you laughing at me? He said, You said I'm not going to get my healing. The devil said, That's right. This is one time you're not going to get your healing. He continued, Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Just like that. Then the devil said again, What are you doing? He said, I'm laughing. So what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at you. See, the devil doesn't like to be laughed at any more than you like to be laughed at. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 2 verse 4 that he that's seated in the heavens shall laugh. Now, if you read that context, he was talking about laughing and deriding the enemy. Deriding him, laughing at him, calling his bluff. You know, after doing that about four times, the devil said to him, this one time you're not going to get your healing. He said, I'm not planning on getting my healing. I'm not. Jesus got it for me 2,000 years ago. And in case you are illiterate and you can't read, let me read it to you. 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. If we were and we were, then I was. And because I was, I am. I'm healed. I accept it, I claim it, and I have it. He said you never saw anybody run so fast devil fled so build a faith of your own put your faith in God's word if symptoms try to come back and they are likely to what do you do walk in faith walk in faith walk in faith maintain your confession keep saying the same things that the word of God says about you Proverbs 18 21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof 2 Corinthians 4.13 We have in the same spirit of faith calling as it is written I believed therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak you know what some people do when they feel the symptoms they start telling everybody I'm not feeling fine no. hey those symptoms are back oh. they start taking prayer requests see there is a time not to ask there's, some, there's a time when turning in a prayer request could kill you are you listening? could kill you and I'll get there in a bit there's a time not to turn in a prayer request like such a time as this. What do you do? You stand your ground. 
you stand your ground. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Just stand your ground on God's word. Don't go telling everybody what the devil said. Charles Scapp said one time, he was praying, at least so he thought. Said, God, ask him, what are you doing? Said, I'm praying. Said, the Lord told him, no, you're not. You're complaining. You're not praying. Then the Lord said to him, I'm tired of you telling me what the devil said. When will you start telling the devil what I said? Amen. Build a faith life of your own. Learn to walk in faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what my physical senses may register. I'm only moved by what I believe. The Bible says it. I believe it. And that settles it. He said one of those times. Those symptoms tried to come back on him. He said he took his Bible, put it on the floor. He stood on it. Then he said, oh God, I'm standing on my Bible physically. I know standing physically on a Bible doesn't do any good. But I'm indicating that on the inside of me, my spirit, I'm standing on your word. I'm holding on to Jesus. For me to go under, Jesus will have to go under. For me to be defeated, the word of God will have to be defeated. God's word isn't going under. God's word can't be defeated. And I won't either. Glory to God. I am who the word says I am. I have what the word says I have. I can do what the word says I can do. And it says I'm healed. Let God be true and every man a liar. Including my own outward man. I believe God's word regardless of the testimony of the physical senses. And I maintain my confession thereof. Amen. You see you won't hear that I died young. I won't. You won't hear that I was sick. No. I'm done with sickness. I'm done with disease. I made that decision years ago. Years ago. Jesus died for my healing and I'm taking it. I'm taking it and I took it. And it's been mine ever since. It's been mine ever since. Glory to God. Hold fast your confession. Hold fast your confession. Hold fast your confession. You can't go under for going over. No. You see, you've got to have the intestinal fortitude that some people call guts to say sink or swim, live or die. Go, go over or under. Come hell or high water. I'm holding fast the word of God. And there'll be times it'll look like all hell is, is turned loose. There are times going to look like you're going under. There are times going to look like you're dying. But no, you won't. If you'll stand fast, hold on to your confession of faith in the word of God. So first, get established in the word. Second, build a faith life of your own. Build a faith life of your own. Amen. If you don't, you won't be able to maintain your healing. Sometimes people are healed through somebody else's faith or through a corporate faith or through a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. See, there was this lady. She had a deterioration of the nerves. They couldn't help her. She went to Kathy Kuhlman's meeting. Miss Kuhlman just pointed in her direction, called the name of the disease. She was instantly healed. After she was healed, a while back, the same thing came back. Because she wasn't taught in the word, she almost lost her healing. Thank God for the teaching of the word of God. People need to be taught. People need to be taught. People need to be taught. But sometimes that's what they don't want. They want to be zapped. They want to they want a mighty man of faith and power to heal them. Even if there was such a man who did heal them, they'll lose it if they don't learn God's word for themselves. Number three, 
if you're going to keep your healing, if you're going to walk in health, first, I said, get established in the word. Second, build a faith life of your own. Develop a faith life of your own. Third, walk in love. Walk in love. If you're going to keep your healing, you've got to walk in love. If you're going to stay healthy, you've got to walk in love. John, John chapter 13. I'll just open to it. John 13. John 13. Verses 34 and 35. says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You see, love is the law of the family of God. It's the law of the new creation. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Now, yes, faith has something to do with staying healthy. But you see, faith works by love. Now, what does the Bible mean when it says faith works by love? The more I understand the love that God has towards me, amen, the easier it becomes for me to trust him. If I don't know that he loves me, I'm going to have a hard time trusting him. You see, the Bible is not just a book of principles or formulas. It's about the father and his family. It's about a relationship. Sometimes I hear people, you know, they're confessing and it's like they're trying to convince themselves that God is honest. No, listen, God is truth. His word doesn't fail. Of course, there's a place of schooling yourself into faith. If you say something long enough, it'll register on your spirit. But listen, fellowship is the mother of faith. It's the parent of joy. It's the source of victory. When you're walking in close fellowship with your father and you know him, you don't have trouble trusting him. So, faith works by love. One side of that is the love that God has for me. The flip side of that is this. See, that same love that God has for me has been shed abroad in me. And God now wants to love other people through me. And if I don't let him, if I don't let that love lose in me, if I keep love a prisoner in me, my faith is going to have a hard time. 1 John 3, 22 says, Whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. What is pleasing in his sight? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we walk in faith. But notice he said we keep his commandments. The Bible says all the commandments are fulfilled in one word. Even in this, love thy neighbor as thyself. If you want to walk in health, you've got to walk in love. In 1 Corinthians 11, 29 to 32, the Bible says he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Now, he didn't say he that eateth and drinketh unworthy. Sometimes people say, well, if you're not born again, don't take communion. Well, if you're not living right, don't take communion. I tell people, if you're not born again, please come and take communion. If you're not living right, please come and take communion. Come and take it and get saved on the communion table. And get back in fellowship with God on the communion table. No, I'm not going to keep you out. No, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying he that eateth and drinketh unworthy. He says he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. The manner in which he will partake in an irreverential manner. They are on Twitter. Communion service is going on. They are on Facebook. You know, they are, on, they are WhatsApping their friends. I beg, this kind of preacher said, the guy, the guy today, the guy today, this top person. You know, now we, we kill Jesus. Let him close his service and let's go home. You know, and you are chatting with your friend. And no one says, ha don't mind that. And then no one says, ah, have you had the CJN issue? What, what do you think? What's your take? And then that's where you are. Communion is going on. That's, that's irreverential. That's irreverential. Let's pay attention. Let's reverence God. Amen. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation. The Greek word actually is condemnation to himself. Now notice, 
not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. And he now said something about this not discerning the Lord's body issue. He said, for this cause, because some folks don't discern the Lord's body, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, many die prematurely. Now, what does it mean to discern the Lord's body? Two things. One part of discerning the Lord's body, to discern means to see and to understand that Jesus' body was broken for our physical sustenance. By his stripes, we were healed. And because we were, we are. So if I discern his body, I understand that he's dying. He's taking those stripes on himself. He's going to the cross was for my physical sustenance. That's one aspect of discerning the Lord's body. The other side about not discerning the Lord's body is this. You see, we are the body of Christ. The spiritual body of Christ. How do we discern that body? By walking in love. If you fail to walk in love toward members of the body of Christ, you are not discerning his body. It could make you weak. It could make you sick. And it could cause you to die young. Yeah, the apostle of grace said that for your information. You see, Galatians 6, Paul writing to Christians, he said this, 79, he said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. He said, He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Are you listening? We are to walk in love towards the body of Christ. You see, sometimes people... Some people, you can lay hands on them until you wear all the hair on their head out. And they have a bald head. Are you listening? You can get every man of God in the world to pray for them and half their wives. If they don't make an adjustment in this issue of walking in love, they won't be healed. You see, it's important that we walk in love. It's important. It's important. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, many die prematurely. He now goes on to say, for if we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Said, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen. 1 Corinthians 5, from verse 1 to 5, it says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication that is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. See, that guy, the kind of immorality he was living in, when sinners saw him, they said, Ah, I I, I, we remain loyal, oh. now you be our guy. You know, unbelievers, they saw him as, Eh, this one now, Bunge. This is senior brother. Hey, this is senior, this is high priest. We are learners, you know, his own was at another level, sleeping with his father's wife. And then that church in Corinth knew about it and they winked at it. They just, you know, condoned that stuff. So you notice that it is reported commonly. So it was common knowledge. And he now says in verse 2, and ye have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from you. He said, I verily as absent in body, but present in spirit, I have judged already. He said, when ye are gathered together with my spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. What was going to happen to him? The guy was going to die. Now, if he dies, where will he go? Heaven, of course. Amen. Because he persisted in sin and wrongdoing, he opened up himself to the devil. 
But notice the Bible says if we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. That means we can judge ourselves. Now, we should be balanced in self-examination. Don't condemn yourself. If you've messed up and you've goofed, what do you do? You judge yourself. No, I haven't been living like I should. You tell that to yourself. I, I straighten up. I make an adjustment. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to live right. Now, you see that particular guy, he actually repented. We see that in 2 Corinthians. Paul said he should forgive him and accept him back. Why did Paul deal with it publicly? Because it was public knowledge. Amen. It was reported commonly. The whole church knew about it and they winked at it. They threw a blind eye. Paul said, don't do that. That's not what love will do. Are you listening? So you see, we can't afford not to walk in love. If you're going to keep your healing, if you're going to walk in health. Remember that man Jesus spoke to in John 5, 14. He said, sin no more. That's in the Bible. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come on thee. You know, some people think they can live anyhow. And, and it's okay. Listen, it's not okay. Romans 8, verse 12. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. He said, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. It will bring spiritual death into your system, which will manifest in fear, in guilt, even in sickness, possibly premature death. It says, but if you through the spirit do put to death, mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You'll be able to walk in the light of life. The life that's in our spirits can be made manifest to our bodies. Amen. And you know, the good thing about this love thing is this. We are love children of the love God. We can walk in love. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. If you're going to walk in health, we've got to walk in love. Now, do Christians mess up sometimes and make mistakes? Yes, we do. But the good news is this. If you are down, you don't have to be out for the count. Get back in the fellowship with God as soon as you can. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just judge yourself. That wasn't right. I judge it. I judge myself. I choose to walk in love. Confess it to you, Father. Thank you for forgiving me. And then walk on with God. If you need to call somebody and say, look, I acted ugly. Please forgive me. You know, we do that. Praise God. If we're going to walk in health, we're going to walk in love. One of the one of the areas when it comes to the love walk that people have the greatest trouble is forgiving. People hold on to unforgiveness. It'll, it'll mar your faith, to hinder your faith. We can't afford to go that route. Praise God. Let's say this together. I am a love child of the love God. I live right. I walk in love. Thank you, Father. Because I can. I choose, to. I choose to and as a result, as a result I'm, able I'm able to take hold of all that is mine, all that is mine. I, keep I keep my healing and I walk in health, walk in health. praise God so we said number one get established in the word number two build a faith life of your own develop a faith life of your own number three walk in love well there's still four more but we'll uh, get into them after the break. And don't forget, if you have questions, you might want to get your questions ready. Last hour today, we'll be laying hands on the sick. Amen. I remember what I told you to say. When hands will be laid on me today, the power of God will come on me and I will be healed. What are you doing? Amen. You are releasing your faith. Remember, that's what the human with the issue of blood did. She kept saying, she kept saying, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Amen. The sick will be healed. The power of God is present. 
it will destroy yokes. Long-standing conditions will be gone. See, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And if you have a loved one who is not around, if you have a piece of cloth, now don't bring their picture. Don't bring their picture. Please don't. Sometimes when people do that, they hinder the next person from getting healed. You know why? When I lay hands on people who do that kind of stuff, the power doesn't flow into them. It's not just that it doesn't flow into them. You know, when maybe they want me to lay hands on, on, a, on a piece of paper, it won't enter. Don't bring their picture. Don't bring paper. No. Bring a piece of cloth. And sometimes when that happens, it may not be until the third person after that I'll start sensing the power flowing again. So they not only hinder themselves from receiving, they hinder other people from receiving. Please don't do that. And then also, sometimes on the healing line, you lay hands on people and then they start singing. Some of them, they start praying. That's not the time to be praying. If you are releasing and I'm releasing, nobody is taking. The moment hands are laid on you, that's the time you say from your heart, I take my healing now. I receive it now. Well, we'll talk some more about some of that. We'll give you instructions. We'll go on break now. We'll be back in a bit. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.